Ascent 420, 52. Prodigium, Jack Herrera. Is that how you say it, Jack Herrera? It's one or the other, because yeah. I only used one nug in there, so. Well, you only used one nug? Uh-huh. Then oh, it's shit. all Jack or so all Prodigium. Either all Jack or all Prodigium. Yep. Then we're think liars. I, well, I think I put the big nug as a Jack. Anyway. It's going to be one or the other. We thought we were going to have a blend, but we're not today. I'm going to have to change the menu of the day. I'm going to have to say mm. a daring jack. Mystery. Right. Daring jack. We are going to get started with a little, um, what, kind of rehash of last week's About compassion. compassion. Yeah. Right, Justin's got a uh, so, little addendum to add to this. Right. So I suppose the thing is is that because of the times we're living in, um, we're all maybe too aware of the, the, the negative side of compassion, right? And I feel like that's mostly what we talked about because that's just like what's happening in the world, mm -hmm. right? So just out of my own curiosity, I was, I was even thinking of just trying to steel man the concept, the positive side of it, myself, mm -hmm. right? So... Um, I just grabbed this Dalai Lama book, The Art of Happiness. I read this like a bunch of times in my early 20s. Um, and I just happened to flip to this chapter called The, the Value and Benefits of Compassion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and he's probably, you know, obviously one of the best representatives of the idea, right? So I thought I could read like a couple passages, you know, maybe we could um, just go from there, right? Just to show the to try to vibe with also the, the positive elements of it, because I, I do think it's one of the um, highest virtues um, as well. Right. Um, It'll also flow with the idea of having a great, you know, attitude and stuff like that. Right. Kind of lead in. Topic. It'll be the lead in. Why do we have to talk about our segues so much? <laughs> do we? <laughs> Every time I have one, you guys point it out. And then what's the point of one if you just point it out? <laughs> Well, fucking down. A, man. Can we not compliment when a segue's done nicely? Why do you have to do it in the moment? Because <laughs> it's too obvious. <laughs> okay, sorry, go ahead. <coughs> Maybe go. Um, so, so he defines it as three, he uses three words that you personally might, like, you know, uh, have a problem with. Um, compassion can be roughly defined in terms of a state of mind that is nonviolent, non-harming and non-aggressive. <coughs> Did you hear that? Non-violent, non-harming. What kind non of fucking bullshit is this? <laughs> there it is. Thank you. Okay. Wait, hold on. Let me go yeah, again. Let me go again. <laughs> Wait, what was it? Non-violent? Non-violent, non-harming, non-aggressive. Uh, it is a mental attitude based on the wish for others to be free of their suffering and is associated with a sense of commitment, responsibility, and, respe and respect towards the other. Um, so he does talk about like a negative aspects of compassion. He says like a, a bad type is, is one that like is filled with attachment. Um, and the one that's free of attachment is genuine compassion, he says, uh, which is based on the rationale that all human beings have an innate desire to be, to be happy and to overcome suffering. It gives you, you can develop a sense of affinity and closeness with others. I think that's a good point. Mm -hmm. It's maybe, that's what I was talking about with that pathos idea. Um, that it's like a Greek word um, that at least in one sense it means the ability to 
if, if you can recognize that someone else suffers, that's how we relate to each other. Otherwise, they're an other, a foreigner, a stranger, uh, who gives a fuck, a demonized, you know what I mean? But once you can see that they suffer, that's what can bring you close to that person. Um, so a sense of affinity and closeness with others. Um, it is based on the other's fundamental rights rather than your own mental projection onto them. Um, and so he uses the example of like a fish on a hook. So when you see like the fish like writhing on the hook, you, the, those emotions are stirred in you that if you feel bad, you notice the suffering, right? It's a, it's a good example, right? Animals? Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was good because um, they're not your friend. You don't feel bad for them because of all these. I mean, you can, but even just a random animal like a fish that you're you know, literally fishing for out of a, out of a lake or whatever. Um, so that stirs within you that sense that this being also suffers. So, so compassion in that sense, I think that's, like, that's a big part of what he's saying. Um, in one sense, you could define compassion as the feeling of unbearableness at the sight of other people's suffering, um, other sentient beings suffering. So I think that the more one fully understands suffering and the various kinds of suffering that we are subject to, the deeper will be one's level of compassion. Um, and then he talks about like taking on another suffering. Um, See, I think that is the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like. so so well, a lot of these things are are <clears throat> somewhat in in contrast to some ideas you you have and that we've talked. Well, about. Well, check it out. I think he kind of exemplifies what I'm talking about. And here's, I think the the bent on it for a second. Yeah. Right. So. If you're the fisherman who is fishing and you hook the fish, right, and you feel nothing for that fish that's hooked, that's detachment. But if you feel for that fish that you're still about to kill, right, and you're going to consume, or, you, you, you know, I'm talking about that. I'm not talking about sports fishing for, for a mm. moment. Then... If it's for food, you have to yeah. suppress that feeling of... Well, you... To, to actually kill it and eat it? No, you... I think... Where compassionate people would say is, well, don't fish, right? But you got to fish because you got to eat. And I think there's more compassion in the act of doing the violence, (laughs) the bad part, than not, right? And so going back to what he's saying about that connection with people, right? Well, you understand their suffering by suffering in a manner with them, right? We all know that people are going to suffer. Everybody's going to suffer. You don't have to be like some intelligent person to see someone who's like, you know, you see somebody who's wealthy, right? And you think, oh man, this guy's got it all together. You know they're suffering somewhere. It's just part of the existence of beings. You can't have one without the other. If people don't understand that, they've got to maybe just kind of reassess just a basic understanding of balance. But I, but right? I do think that we could get so absorbed in our life and thinking about all the things we got to do that that we can easily you could say repress the compassion well so right. so correct mm-hmm. so this is where i think that the understanding of what compassion is this is this is at least my problems with what people typically define as compassion because if i'm suffering in a manner i don't need to if you're depressed be depressed with you, right? And, so and he's we not, choose. He's, he's not saying that. Well, go ahead. So if we choose how we suffer, 
right? If we if we say, okay, we know that suffering's part of it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be part of it. But here's the facts that the suffering's gonna exist. But we at least us here in America, here in you know, Denver, Colorado, we've got it pretty good. So we get in, in a lot of regards to choose how we suffer. You have to suffer. It's there. But we get to choose that. So violence, look at violence. I mean, what we do is pretty fucking violent. It, it really is. When you talk about punching somebody in the face, right? Kicking them in the body, choking them out, submitting them. That's, those are violent acts. And that violence creates that area of suffering that's controlled suffering. And so when you can create that energy, that this is why I disagree with people when they say no violence. I'm saying, yes, we need a good, healthy abundance of it, but it's in a controlled manner. It's in a place where we can suffer together. Then I don't have to suffer on the other levels that you suffer on because we experience that we suffer together. I acknowledge that you suffer. You acknowledge that I suffer. And so now my compassion can be something productive that we look at and say, you got to fish. So this is with Aaron, right? Aaron processes big fucking animals. We're talking beautiful animals. And this is her rationale for doing that. And she will also kill them. It's not just, oh, getting them after they're dead. So who here is a vegan, right? And there's a good... Uh, argument that there's only about 5% of people that fit well with a vegan diet, okay? So that means a lot of people need to consume meat. It's the facts. To be healthy. But some people could forego health for a, for like a moral Correct, reason. for a moral Mental reason. Illness. And I think that's what <laughs> most people do. You think I'm joking, <laughs> but, but I'm not. But is it more compassionate to be the person who's not taking that animal out going through that mm-hmm. period so, with so, them? Okay. Okay. Or is it more compassionate Because you're not even me? acknowledging that animal's life. You're not even acknowledging the not value. Not you consume in it the... and you don't ever think about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, that is more detachment than the so, other. So again, we've, we've just like ended up in the same place. Yeah. Quickly, right? <clears throat> so, so the thing would be what I think we're, we're, we're having a hard time doing is actually looking at the other side because there's truth to everything that you just said and i agree with it Mm -hmm. and with everything we said last time about compassion Mm. um but what is it that this type of thinking i don't know if i need to go into more of it you know he explains it well and he talks about like how to to, like meditate and become like practices to become more compassionate Mm -hmm. Um, I brought this article, and just one part of it is like this guy, The Screamers, it's called, by Arthur Kostler. It's a great article, and he was like, he escaped like Nazi Germany. Um, And there's a part at the end, I don't even need to read it, where this guy, um, he, at the time, they're called The Screamers, he calls it that because they're all saying, hey, everybody, the Nazis are killing everybody, and nobody believes them, right? Everybody in America is like, that's a conspiracy theory. Right. And, and, and so this one guy, he goes around and speaks to the public everywhere. And every day before he speaks, he goes into a dark room and he thinks he imagines himself as like someone digging their own grave and then turning around and getting shot with a machine gun or, you know, all the different ways that he knows 
you know, in detail how people are dying at the time. And he spends 20 minutes, and, and that's like what the, the Dalai Lama's, it's similar to the, the, one, the one meditation I read about, mm -hmm. about compassion that he was suggesting, about how you sit there and you imagine, and then you, you think of a person, a specific person, and, and in that way you, you develop compassion. And, and this guy thought, the guy that was giving those lectures, that, that maybe he was touching people more. Because then when he got on stage, he knew the reality of the situation, mm -hmm. right? There are people, like, I, I could easily get on a stage if I was, like, trying to spread the word about the book Nazis. No, you know, I'd be, like, worried about what I look like and sounding smart, and I'd be trying to use big words, and I would get embarrassed about, you know what I mean? But maybe if I could sit there and if, like, if you had just watched some pregnant lady get shot, and then you, like, walk to a podium, how much more... Um, truth is there in the things you're saying that you could reach people if you have like a message like that. That's one mm -hmm. example. That's one example. And, and I just have a feeling like that there is power like that in compassion and feeling. Like I feel like in my life, that's what I was saying earlier, like um, I, I think I avoid a lot of things I get caught up in my life, and, and I want to do more for others. I have that feeling. I don't even know what that means. Maybe that means just me being a better person. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm working at the spot at that place. It was like I, I worked at this place teaching music. It was like a, a youth center, you know, for like street kids and stuff. And I saw in person how hard it actually is to like help somebody. You know what I mean? And how like arrogant you might even think that you could even do that for anybody you know or that they want help right totally yeah yeah yeah. and and what that means that you know um but i still have that feeling like i want to do things for others because the the feeling is otherwise it's all only for yourself and and we could go into that uh, the the value of selfishness and how you actually do help others through helping yourself but there's also a value in selflessness and i don't know so i know it's hard in in this context uh I mean, we're in a martial arts gym right now mm -hmm. to, to vibe with the idea of nonviolence. Um, but I do think it's a value. And I, I, right. so, I, I agree. Yeah. And here's the thing, though. This is like what I equate um, with this. This is what I equate like people like the Dalai Lama, mm -hmm. Sam yeah, yeah. Harris, mm -hmm. these great thinkers, right? These people who um, are not frauds in any way, shape, or form. But here's the problem, mm -hmm. is that they've ascended to a place that most people won't. And so their idea of what should be is at a totally different level than the rest of the monkeys, right? That's what we are. And so I think that what we've got to look at is say, okay, we're not at that level. But what's the whole process of training? The whole process of training is self-improvement. So these guys got there quicker, or maybe not. Maybe the Dalai Lama took his whole life to get to that point, right? Um, but they've ascended to this place that most people won't even get to, right? That's just the facts. Because well, most people... Lama. He's got a whole thing around him. Right? right. So most people... But you see what I'm saying? Most people won't even get to that level. So why are we putting then the ideals at a level that's not attainable? If we put them at a level that's attainable, then you we can, can ascend have, to that next level. You have a little compassion. You have a little But, but see, you're, you're saying it's not compassion. What I'm saying is that the compassion, though, is, is based on an understanding of the realities of what the world is. Because yes. the Dalai Lama is yeah. probably, is he vegetarian or vegan? Probably. Okay. I don't think so. But the 
rest of the world can't be. It won't right. sustain. Right. So that means yeah. that killing's got to happen. Well, just to d defend the idea, mm -hmm. the other aspect, and then you go, don't lose it. <laughs> the, the, one, I'll say quick. The other, the other aspect that they bring with that is that they, th their whole thing is about suffering. You know what I mean? So, so maybe that lets them get to compassion in a more honest way. Maybe mm -hmm. that's. But. Is Dalai Lama Buddhist? Yeah. Okay, well then, there's a huge flaw in his theory because one of the main tenets is the middle way. And it's all about balance. And so to suggest that anything should be in a non-manner, particularly in this case non-violence, that foregoes the very principle of Buddhism itself. And you're not in the middle. You're, you're tipping that scale to one direction only for the sake of compassion. But... If we're talking about true compassion, then it's exactly what Eric's saying. It's controlled violence. It's it's enough exposure to understand what it is without becoming obsessed with it. But it's also understanding it enough so that we can relate to it and, and not be caught off guard like people today that are so... Where, where violence is such, such a foreign concept to them that they've never been engaged in it, exposed to it, or they, the only versions they've seen are in movies or on TV, that they don't know how to cope with that instance when it actually confronts them in real life. And then it becomes thrown <clears throat> way, way out of uh out of, uh, yeah, out of balance. It just becomes this, oh, well, this thing is so horrible that happened to me that we need to put restrictions on everything else and fucking baby-proof the world because I don't want this to ever happen to anybody else. But the truth is it is going to happen to somebody else, and it's going to happen often, and it happens every fucking day. And to some people it happens way more than others. And those people either, either become very... Uh, comfortable with it in a way that they know how to actually be compassionate with other people when they see it happen to them or uh, or they get tipped into the other direction and then they become you know the the very thing that they're oppressed by and um, in this case I think that very much just you know, it goes along with what Eric was saying is that we need controlled violence. We need instances where we can expose ourselves to what that looks like in a way that, uh, you know, is, is controlled to where we're not becoming radicalized in one direction or the other because of whatever reason, yeah. So, okay, yeah, that's dope. I mean, maybe we can move on. It's only an addendum if we got like other <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it, I think it leads into okay, really yeah. well no, what we're good. talking that was about. Good. Like, yeah, yeah. Because it, see. It was good. I want to keep going with it, but I'm like resisting myself. We can have but, another. But we, yeah. should, we should keep going with it because it leads into this pretty well, right? Mm -hmm. And, and <clears throat> here's the thing, too, is like we're on this life or, or we're on this world. You know, we get one life that we understand and know. And I think that we do want to, at least within our abilities, I think most people would want is to enjoy that to some degree, right? And living on the rails sometimes kind of takes you to that edge. You look at, again, these are two guys that I really respect is uh, Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris, right? And Sam Harris is, again, just look at them. It, it's so hard for me, and I think I'm pretty calm, to attach to that person, right? To say, man, I could be at that dude's level. 
You look at Jordan Peterson, and he's off his rocker sometimes, man. He's riding the rail. If you saw that last inter, you know, that last podcast with Rogan, wow, th- that's a, a person that I can relate to because just because he thinks about music and starts crying. He, <laughs> but he's got this range, right, of just craziness to him. Where again, you look at him, and it's like, man, any mm-hmm. any moment he could go off that fucking rail, and we're all like that. You know, we could. Pretend that we're not. There's going to be a few of us that ascend to that other level that the Dalai Lama is kind of talking about. But again, the reality of it is, is we live in a place that's fucking rough, right? Whether it's emotionally rough, whether it's so rough that we've got it so easy that it's it beats us up in stresses and, you know, anxiety and all of that stuff, right? So I think within that paradigm that we find ourselves, that's the reality, not above where, where we can be as just kind of primal beings. And that's to have a positive attitude and understand that there's going to be like things that are all over the board. You know what I'm saying? You, you have to be in a pretty, I don't know, elevated state, don't you think, to think that compassion, if we had compassion for the world, right, where, where the, it was nonviolent, okay, at least in the way that we understand, if that's how the world became, how does that happen? Is there anybody who can provide a <coughs> roadmap to saying we are going to have a nonviolent world? Because it can only go so far if not before it hits that violence. But, and but, then yeah, what yeah, happens? Yeah. But I agree. You know, I think, know? again, I think we're, really we're just like... Just because of the culture we're in and where, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're just defining these things kind of awkwardly is all. Because I think maybe it's like like all values, there's there's two sides to them. Right. And and ne- ne- none of them can be total. You can't have total nonviolence. You can't have total violence. You know what I mean? So they're always in play. Like, so, so I don't know. I think a lot of it's just like we, we, we just don't understand what that stuff means as well as we could that that an idea like nonviolence cuz I agree right, 100%. Yeah. So th- so this is my point is that I agree we don't understand it. So then we've got to do things for what we do understand. Well, and I, we I do would... understand that okay since we can't figure out how to get to a point of nonviolence yet then we should be happy mm. being capable of violence and I saying I, I agree that with that though. No, no, no. That's so, where we got to live but until we can figure that other It's one an out. ideal. It's like truth. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know the fucking truth. So I can't just like give up on the truth and be like, oh, I got to live in the right. lie or whatever. Right. But I do deceive myself most of the time and most of the world is an illusion because I, I'm dumb and I don't understand it. <laughs> and I'm off track and off base and, right. and out of balance and stuff. But truth is still like a, a goal. So it's an ideal. So, um, so I don't know. That, that's maybe that's how That's the idea of Bushido, the, the samurai, the warrior that is elevating himself, right? Mm. That's the warrior. But the warrior is almost like the the base and then it's all ascension from there here's the problem is that most people don't want to get to that level Mm. right and it's like so if you're not even at the warrior level that base level that primal level go through to get well 
none of them besides a few. We're back to warrior monk. Well, right. But besides a few, a very small percentage will ascend to that point. Mm -hmm. Do you see like Peterson and Sam Harris as that like warrior versus monk kind of thing? Is that, is that No, because I don't, I don't really see them. I can't see them as warriors, warriors, right? (laughs) So, you know, um, because again, but, Man, but I did Peterson, Jordan Peterson, Peterson Jordan but he does, gets a little too emotional for me. He gets a, he's emotional, but isn't he like battling dark shit? And in that's that way, the thing, he's like though. warrior he's, stuff. You know, yeah. what I mean? oh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He's on. <laughs> he's like a psychological he, warrior. He's on the rails. Right. Like, verbal he's like battles, mental dark sides. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. He, he could he could be taken off. They like, both do verbal battles, though. Like Sam Harris is a fucking mm-hmm. sharp ass sword, you know. Like Abs- one of the sharpest. Yeah, but for him, listen to like or one of his thoughts that I kind of understand is that he didn't want to rock the boat with this because he didn't want people to challenge kind of the institutions. Is that, you know, to, to question them too much because then when the institutions fall apart, it descends to chaos. Is that a pretty fair understanding? Right. With everything that's going on these days, Mm -hmm. that the problem with the hesitancy and stuff is then we question the institutions, mass media. And if we do that, yeah, something like that. So then it descends into Uh, this. So he's like protective of it. So again, this is what, this is kind of what I say, my opinion on that. I think in an idealistic world, Mm. fantastic. You would want to elevate yourself to that. But the reality of it is it's going to descend into chaos. And so why not? you're You're a radical then. Right. What's that? that? That's, that's what, in the way that, like, like Brett Weinstein says that, that he's like a reluctant radical mm-hmm. because, like, shit's, shit's already fucked. Right. And so you have to be, like, kind of extreme. And be in, in it to, like, and figure out solutions to, to the problems. And, extremes, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And so, again, it comes back to then what the Dalai Lama is saying. Yeah, that's down the road, man. We're directed. We're going that way. But we got to get people on board to at least start the journey. The problem that I see is people trying to skip parts, and that's okay, mm-hmm. but show the pattern, mm-hmm. show how it works. There, if you've got a solution, like, but there's yeah. a proven solution mm-hmm. of going you know, in, in to India, the levels. They actually have like four stages of life. You're like a kid, then, then you're learning, I think is the next stage, in school and stuff, and then you raise a family and you're a responsible community person. And then when you're older, you just like leave all your shit and just walk to your, everybody has a temple in India and you walk to your temple, your family's temple and you might die on the way, on the way back or you, you know, become an aesthetic or something. But that's saved for later, like you're saying, because you're right, you do, you know, you can't do things at a step. Maybe some people can do it young, but not most. Right. And maybe some people need to go through the stuff you're, you're saying to go through first before to have a chance of ascending right right. because i I don't think most people are going to ascend to that level but i think you have to to have a chance right if you're going to do a hard journey right i mean and we can say that this is a hard journey because it's like the most important journey we'll make then wouldn't we want to be as best prepared for that journey mentally physically you know because who knows how you ascend to that level right again there's no if you look at the Dalai Lama, if you say, let's follow the Dalai Lama's formula, right? The pattern. Well, the fact of the matter is China fucking owns Tibet. So that means that at some point when you let that go, well, yeah, okay, but somebody is going to oppress you. And and that's why you have a warrior class and a monk class at right. the same time. 
Because without the warriors, you can't be monks. Right. And without the monks... Yeah, it's true. Right. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. Like, literally... I mean, that's how they think of it, is that those warrior, the warrior class supports the... High, the mm-hmm. And then the working class or whatever supports the warrior class. That's like the, the spiritual caste or whatever. Right. And, then, yeah. and that's... The monks get then the, that opportunity to, right. to show you the way mm-hmm. to that kind of elevated state. Yeah. So people are just lazy, don't want to do the work, they want to cut corners... I think, <clears throat> or are just too afraid to deal with certain things. They're trying want to, to take the corners. elevator instead of the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, well, and they don't even know, exactly. but they don't even exactly. know where the elevator goes. <laughs> right, right. Is there a structure above? If I take this elevator or below, will there still be? I agree yeah. with both mm-hmm. of those. Mm-hmm. And that's the, I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Is going through that. That's what I'm saying, going through that space. And then, so what can we do if we, if we know we have to go through that space? My, my point is, is you can have a good attitude about it. If you prep yourself mentally and say, well, this is what the fuck's going to happen. It's going to happen regardless, right? You, mm-hmm. you know, who's going to give up all their shit and be a monk? I don't know one single person that is so like in a position to ascend those levels that is going to give up all their shit mm-hmm. is going to give up all their worldly, you know, ideals and beliefs and possessions and assume a completely different approach to life. I think we, we want a taste of it. Right. So, yeah. Um, sure. But I mean, so if we're going to have to make that journey, the more positive we can be, right? Cause here's a, a good attitude is a positive or a positive attitude is a state of mind that allows you to envision and expect good things. It does not mean living in denial of the negative situations around you, right? Which is, again, what we say is whatever difficulties we got to go through. This attitude allows you to stay optimistic. The benefits of a positive attitude include anticipating happiness, health, success, and opportunities, right? So, but I think that's the, the thing that people miss is this part. It does not mean living in denial of the negative situations around you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know that shit's there. We develop ourselves to deal with it. Right. So, I mean, for me, I think jujitsu is one of the most important things to do in that regard or martial arts. I mean, you know, pick your what you're doing but I think more so than anything I think music is important I think art is important I think all of those things are extremely important but what it does is it teaches you how to be that primal to whatever degree that you can be right that male that aggressive fucking you know like toxic masculine guy (laughs) and girl and then you've got that base what a good base to have as your fallback when everything goes to hell. Because what does that person do who's that toxic whatever? They fight, they resist, they go against. And so at least if you hit shit rock bottom, you got that pushing you back up. And then you can just keep ascending those levels, right, to, you know, every, every stage of improvement, yeah. you know, to get to that point. 
Um, you know, what about this? What, what, if, uh, what if optimism is like the great narrative? <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Explain. Because... because um, I, I'm not like opposed <laughs> to this theory because that was kind of where my head was going. Okay, it, yeah, I was just having fun with it. Like, obviously, so, I mean, just to say something quick about it, like, um, I go towards the negative and have my whole life. And I think it is, maybe it's allowed me to see it as like a lens, right? Um, I just have a harder time adopting a positive lens, you know what I'm saying? Like, or I just find myself seeing the world through this negative lens more often, right? I'm just there, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm, I just get like sucked into it or whatever. But, um, um, so the positive lens, uh, so it says there like envision the good, right? Expect and envision the good. I like that. that was good great, things. Yeah, mm -hmm. good things, yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's interesting when, when my girlfriend's negative, I naturally go positive, right? Cause we both are kind of like have problems with depression and stuff. You could say, I don't know how you going to phrase that. Um, and, uh, so when she's negative, I find myself more often understanding the, the hopeful mindset, you know? Um, cause it's like. It's, it's, it's absolutely necessary because without it, it's like nihilistic, right? So you can't not be positive, you know what I mean? Otherwise, you know, like so many things you just repress, all these like negative things I think about my life, and I don't change them. I just like push them out of the way, you know what I'm saying? Um, whereas, you know, the positive thing, talking about suffering, it allows you to endure the suffering that you just can't avoid. You know, so that that's, tends to be how I, I'm seeing it these days, like, is you're going to suffer, right? And the only way, life is suffering, you know, boom, back to fucking Buddhism or whatever. There's some like, like, it's like, it's such a, a foundational truth to like being a creature on earth or whatever, you know? It's like base, base level, right? Um, like in DNA kind of a thing, or just in the experience, you know. So, so the only way to endure that is, is especially like maybe like animals are, are so in the moment that they don't have a negative or positive lens. They're just like participating in what's happening. But we're, we have this like need to have a narrative, right? So it's like, you know, I was talking with my girl last night about that, the, the, the weird looking lady that used to work for Trump that was like our truths and everybody made fun of her. Our facts, that's what she said. Alternative facts. Alternative <laughs> facts. Do you remember this? What, what was her, no. Do you remember her name? Um, she was like, she had like spindly hair. She was older. She was like one of Trump's like spokespeople. Not the person on the podium at the, you know, but anyway. It was a big thing back then. Everybody so she was like, said our facts? Alternative facts, she oh, said, and everybody made fun of her, mm -hmm. right? Because, oh, there's only one <laughs> set of facts or whatever. But now, 2020 and pandemic, everybody understands what narrative means now, you know? And it's like, we, so, I mean, maybe the base level idea is that are you, uh, there's, there's this concept, combatorial explosion. I heard this recently, like, like in reality, if you if you were to zoom in on anything, the the amount of things that it's made of itself is 
it could be infinite. It could actually be infinite. But at the very least, then, you know, if you look at all the pieces that this thing's made of, and then you think about also what position in this room it's in relative to how many pieces this cup is made of versus how many ideas I'm thinking, and those ideas are made out of neurons, and those neurons are made out of this and this, and that's from the, you know, <laughs> the atomic class. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the, the world's infinite. So... So we have to like pay attention to what matters to us, right? And that's like values and perception even like condenses the world down for us into that. And it, and it, and it presents it to us, the reality presents itself to us as stories. We have a story about what we did today. Even though a million other things happen around us, we don't, we're not listing the facts or the objective world necessarily. You know, there's a relationship, something like that. But anyway, so there's narratives, Everything's a fucking narrative, you know, everything's a story. So then optimism and pessimism, it's like, so, so for me, I've been, oh, you know, it's been a thing my whole life where I like try to see, and I know it's there sometimes, but I forget about it, the truth of the beauty and uh, uh, the power of the fact that life is suffering and that maybe the suffering gets us to like higher places. You know what I mean? And that's an optimistic attitude about that like base level horror you know, <laughs> of like how, how you know, <laughs> that's how Jordan Peterson will put it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the fucking slaughterhouse of horror that life can be. That's one story you could tell about it. <clears throat> so the great narrative is optimism. How, how about that? Well, so <laughs> I, I do have one thing because I've, I mean, I guess a lot of people nowadays can relate to this as well, dealing with depression. But um, <clears throat> I was thinking, so what if, so people... I wrote down here, people think, you know, I wonder, do they think that um, emotions or things like views or negativity and positivity are involuntary um, experiences? Like, do they think that, oh, I feel, you know, this sucks. It's like mm -hmm. such an uncontrollable thing that mm -hmm. they have... No choice well, but when you're to in the be. Moment, yeah, you know, no choice like but choice. to be that. But yeah. what if we looked at positivity as like a tool? Because like that was I was thinking earlier, what you were saying. Like you don't want to <clears throat> go on this journey if you know you're gonna have one unprepared, right? Like I'm not gonna try and fix my car with just a flathead flathead screwdriver. I'm gonna need multiple tools to address mm -hmm. different things. Mm -hmm. um, so what if we used positivity as a tool instead of seeing it as there's this thing that I must try and find somewhere and then, you know, accept. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, what if, so something happens, like, okay, well, what's the positive thing about this? Even just ask yourself, it's like, yeah, that's a tool, so. right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the, mm -hmm. the so, idea. Yeah. Sure. I completely agree with that, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I and I live that, you know, because like when you're in the moment, you're like, yeah, oh, what do I do? It's like if you can and it's hard in the moment, you know, you can be so far down, you can't even see the good. of it. But I don't know if you need to do it in the moment. I don't uh -huh. think it's uh, well, there's time like a, um, you know, I don't think there's like a uh, cap on time. Right. Because you could have a bad experience that's mm -hmm. been mm -hmm. fucking you over for a year. Right. And then all of a sudden, cling, it clicks why that's a positive experience, what you learned from it, what you gained from it. And then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. that whole year essentially mm -hmm. of negativity is erased because mm -hmm. it was 
the path you had to take right. to get up to a certain I was, point. I was thinking about it There's as There's a like, positive spin on it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. That makes perfect sense. As a tool. So it yeah. worked that way too. I just went to that immediately as a moment thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, having a bad day, bad moment. And like as a tool. Yeah, you just, insert it when it's right. needed, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. but but that doesn't mean that, you know, I think like what you're saying is so accurate you got to go through your range of tools. What do I need for this situation? I you mean, have positivity. To the situation, yeah, right? yeah. It always wants to be in there, but I mean, seriously, if we're throwing down hard and, and you're kicking my ass, I'm not gonna, in the moment, see it as a positive experience. I'm gonna be <laughs> pretty disappointed in myself, and I'm gonna try harder. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna. You, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to be till later. I might even be pissed off. I might even be like, what the fuck? How did he get that on me? Or, you know. But then the positive attitude in that is, you know, not feeling beat up about it and not letting You're, your guard down. Yeah. And then, you know, just then that's when people can take advantage of that. Well, and there's so many different <clears throat> where places where you could put that positivity right. in there. And that's kind of the beauty of it is that we could have this exact same situation and you might insert it in a different spot than you insert it, than you insert it, than I insert it. But it, it can be put in there just like the negativity. Negativity could be the same, like the opposite tool that goes into those same slots. It fits into that same, yeah, (laughs) it's like metrics versus standard. They look alike and they almost fit. Right. But they're fucking just a little bit off to fuck it up. And, and I think that's where people get hung up. You know, it's like if somebody's trying to lose weight, this is the thing that I always try to get them to understand. It's like, look, here's the, the most important thing. And I know it's not the most important mechanism. Diet is going to be one of the most important mechanisms. But this is, I hear this from people all the time that, you know, they start the diets and then they can't keep them up. So this is what I tell people. I'm like, come here, show up, just be here, right? You're around people that have that same type of pursuit, but we have a good time. You know, we, we chill out, we train, we work hard, but you get here and you make that a habit enough that you fall off the wagon. I'm like, everybody's going to fall off the wagon. So no, no big deal. You know, once you beat yourself up for a moment, just say, okay, let me get right back on. I'll be fucking back in class in a week you know, whatever it is. And you keep getting right back on and understand that those are the processes of how it goes. Then again, you can have a good attitude about it. You can be okay with falling off the wagon and be like, oh shit, man, everybody's going to fuck up. Right. And you take that little bit and kind of insert it. Or again, you can go that other way, which is right there and be like, fuck fell off the wagon again. I'm never going to get this. And then you put that in there and you insert that negativity tool in. And that negativity tool kind of works for everything else. And how many people are negative because they're afraid to fucking be held accountable for their choices? You know, that's the thing about all of us that run our own businesses. I fucking do that shit. Yeah. And it's a way to avoid being responsible. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's so hard I got to do this. Give me too hard. <laughs> so is that laziness then? That's <laughs> like fear. Your mental. Yeah, it is laziness. You don't want to deal with. Laziness. You don't want to deal it with is. 
your yeah. anxiety, your fear about something. It is. Right? I was thinking about shows, you know, I've been like looking up event places or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I know a couple like badass visual artists in town too. And I know some good musicians. And I was like, man, maybe I should like do some art shows. Cause I was looking at galleries. I like, there's some new apps that people like you can rent their gallery or whatever. On oh, really? Yeah. They're kind of expensive, but, um, uh, anyway, uh, and I had the thought, Oh, I should do a show. And then, you know, I was like, oh, it'd be cool. We could do this, do this. And then something happened with my mood. And later on, I was like, ah, I don't want to go out. I don't want to fucking. Because you saw how much work you, <laughs> you had to put in. And all of a sudden, that reality just like, was like right yeah. in my face. And it is fucking laziness. Just, you know? focus on the fir- just focus on the first step. Be like, oh, okay, cool. I'll deal with the rest. Jeez, I could see there's a lot here. But, ah, jeez. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, if you volunteer at the Denver Art Society, then you can put your work mm-hmm. in there. You have to volunteer, like, once a month. Denver Art Society? Is that yeah. uh, on Santa Fe? Is that one of those? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can ask Ilya and Elisa more about it. They okay. Is that the big the place where there's, like, all t- like it's all cluttered yeah, there's full like of artists? Three, and there's, like, three, a weird basement. Fours, yeah. yeah. I knew someone that lived there for a while. That place is a little weird. <laughs> yes, it is a little <laughs> <Or can> weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. a lot of people are there all right. the time. Right, there's a lot of people, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I'm going to take it to the other side of the spectrum here for a second, because this, I was was excited for this episode, because um, growing up, like, the three of us here, you know, with our anxiety and depressive episodes (laughs) and shit, uh, in my teens and shit, like, I... I'll spare details, but I had several like legit traumatic uh, events like before the age of 10. And then by the time I was 15, I had seen so many people pass away in my life and just um, just a shitstorm of different things that I think uh, most people by that age don't see those things you know at least here in america um you know that sparing other parts of the world but um and i i quickly started to have like a guilt for even feeling down about things because i always put it in the context of like there's people worse off than me in the world like it's from a young age i had that shit in the back of my head always and it was just and then i would like get depressed about being depressed right i don't deserve to be depressed yeah and i'd be like you're a piece of (laughs) shit for feeling this way because (laughs) there's a little kid starving somewhere and you're fucking throwing yourself into a fucking but what if that was your positive self trying to get you out of it it i maybe on some level it was but uh not successfully when i got towards my late teens when i had like some real intense psychedelic episodes um one in particular after watching (laughs) transformers while i was on about an eighth of mushrooms in the theaters had this profound experience at the end where optimus prime was explaining the reason why the uh he was he basically said the only reason he existed was because the evil existed and he was like without that evil i don't have a reason to exist and that was where my brain clicked and it was like oh 
the devil doesn't exist without God, and God doesn't have a reason to exist without the devil. If we're looking at that duality, and it's the balance, and, and that's what you know lives within all of us. And I just I remember at that time I became numb to the idea of positive or negative, and I started to see the world, and I I kind of had this fucking repetitive motto that always went through my head, and I would say it to people all the time, and I would catch myself saying it, and I would just say like it all just is what it is there's no good or bad we give that context I, I don't know if you were just saying that on some level but nothing oh because you, you were talking about the animals like they don't necessarily have this lens as far as we know anyway um they react to instinct much like we do we just have some weird thing where we have to have a meaning for everything and so we in order to give a meaning there has to be value so we always look for ways to place value in the world and um i found a way or at least i i was looking for ways to try to see value in the world without placing a negative or a positive connotation on it and then something happened when i was in my early 20s when I started playing reggae music, I had I had been listening to it for a long time, but there's all the Americanized version of it became this very poppy fucking thing that I bought into for about two years, where every fucking other song was about being positive, about positivity, about good moods, about good vibes only, and uh, I started to see this pattern, and I sadly... That's not, politically incorrect nowadays, by the way, good vibes only. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I put out my this fucking solo album, and uh, I was working with this producer at the time that was, uh, he's also a musician, and I'm not going to say his name or anything, but he worked with Tribal Seeds, and... Uh, while he was on tour, I I was sending him music, and I told him that the title of my album was going to be called Positive Mentality, and we got into this whole dispute, and he's like, well, you can't name it that, because I was going to name my album Be Positive. How fucking original, <laughs> right? And uh, and I had, like, a backlog. I had a backlog of, like, four, <laughs> of four, <laughs> four years prior, I had, like, a timestamp version of that song that the album was named after and i sent it to him i was like look i've already been planning this for four years first. yeah and i was like <laughs> i can I was like, I was, yeah yeah and i was like if you really want to like take this he was like threatening to sue me he's like producing my album and he's threatening to sue me if i go with this name and i was like if you really want to take it to court i got the time stamp right here and he's like fuck all right well i'm sorry i didn't realize this you know whatever blah 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 so we're fighting over who gets to be more positive in the fucking public eye, essentially, right? And <laughs> preach this stupid fucking message. But the the irony was, is my song was actually about my demons. And, and in the song, I'm speaking to the demons and I'm mentioning the word demon several times in there where it's, it's me talking about the contrast of having a positive mentality through learning from the suffering and um, his shit was about just put a smile on and ignore all the bad shit in the world and and I started to see that pattern taking a hold and and uh, I now in hindsight realized that those people that were preaching these good vibes only positive only attitude behind the scenes were some of the shittiest people in the music scene like the things that i that like nako and medicine for the people uh i don't know if you heard about that thing nako with all these uh underage sexual assault cases and um he hasn't toured in several years because of this and all these festivals dropped him and um 
I, I don't know, I could go on a name artist, but I won't, you know, whatever, tatter their name. But uh, now, you know, I've gotten to this point where it, it's, you can't really truly understand what a positive attitude is until you learn it through some suffering and you have to build that resistance. And it's like, I think people see somebody like Goggins as this angry person and in truth, he's really, he does have a genuine positive attitude about things. It's just, he takes it to the other extreme where it's like, he looks for the most extreme amount of suffering and finds value in that. But, um, I forgot where I was going with that at, at the end there, but it's just there, there's this whole spectrum. But what I've what I've seen is the toxic point at, at here now today in 2022. When I see somebody that says good vibes only, positive vibes only, whatever, nine times out of ten, something comes out about that person. One of these music groups I'm in, a couple weeks later, about domestic abuse, sexual assault, some sort of fucking weird shit. There. Yeah, and like it, gurus that fucking rape chicks and stuff. Yeah, right? you know what I mean, like, that kind of thing. I think <laughs> it goes. I think it goes right in hand with what Amanda had said about empaths and how. Mm-hmm. They they yeah. tend to be narcissistic, mm-hmm. and it's kind of that same thing where people are like, "Good vibes only, man." It Good reminds vibes me only. of like um, like Stepford Wives, or like I don't know, like the, like some fifties thing where they just put on a smile and they're like creepy robots. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's what that kind of thing reminds me of, like that kind of attitude. Well, that's where that. I thought you were going with the great narrative thing. Is that uh-huh. like there seemed right. there seemed for a minute there, and I think it's maybe the tides turning, oh, but in the actual, in the actual like Klaus's in the yeah and yeah in the, in <laughs> the social like media in, like in the yeah, social yeah. eye, there seemed to be this big push for peace and positivity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this that mm-hmm. whole thing, right. but there was never the context of. Mm-hmm of understanding the negative through a positive lens it was just like ignore the negative shit ignore the negative shit and now i I feel like that's that's created a a bit of fragility their realities or the situations that they're in when they think of oh when you say be positive you must only be positive and the only way to be positive is with a lack of negativity but i don't think that's how it works it's kind of like and i heard this recently on of something Jordan Peterson was saying that people think, oh, I just want to be happy, like in life. Well, people imagine that once you reach happiness, that is all you're going to be experiencing, but that's not the case. Like, even with positivity, there's parts that you're going to have to, I'm assuming, you know, work through. They're going to suck, they're going to be negative, or you're not going to be too happy about them, but you still have to do them because. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. People say, oh, well, emotions are fleeting. Well, yes. Then if you're feeling sad, you know that you're going to have a chance to feel happy or whatever it is, right? You can work through it at some point. You just have to be able to ride those waves out. So you know what I think the, you know, like thing that kind of differentiates is positivity versus having a positive attitude because Positivity, again, kind of puts you in that place of, oh, everything's positive. I think having a positive positive attitude means that, oh, yeah, whatever fucking shit rolls this way, I'm going to figure out a way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a, you know, like a set time frame on it, again, it might take you some time to figure that out. 
And um, how do we know how long is too long? Well, I think <laughs> so. Here's the thing. Well, no, because right? then I, you know, it's I think all it's about balance, life, right? But I think, see, this is what I think is that if there's a definitive on it, then there's the the opportunity to like recognize, oh, that well, that wasn't fucking anything. That's the whole idea of ascension is that you know you're moving up right and so if there's an end to it it's almost like not even necessarily worth the journey so to speak right but you you keep going up with this so you don't have that they you know well, i just meant like being say you're having a hard time like earlier you said oh you might it might take a year to work through mm-hmm. something um that, like, realization. I, yeah, well, I'm wondering, like, because you can, and that's where I think people get stuck in a depression cycle or something of the sort, right? Where you just get stuck in that cycle mm-hmm. of, oh, I'm, I'm still working through this. But you kind of, each time you set the bar a little lower so you don't have to do as much work, you don't have to, like, think about it, but you're still just reveling in that. But negative. that might be, like, you know, um, again positivity pretending versus having a positive attitude because if you have a positive attitude then you're probably not going to purposely put this. yourself you're going to know how to right you're going to detect gonna, that well so i'm just if wondering it takes like, you a, if it takes you a lifetime like so think about this right so i mean for 50 i'm pretty capable i'm pretty healthy but i wouldn't right now say that at 50 I've reached health. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to keep pursuing that and it's going to keep changing and it's going to keep adjusting and it's going to keep, you know, working with me as I change and as I do different things. And so it's an ideal. That's what I think is is the importance of anything that's got value so that's is that you don't you accomplish for you're accomplishing. You, you know what I'm saying? And then well, how, when how we die, this? we die, whatever is yeah, the yeah. next journey from there. So yeah, so what that sounds like to me is an ideal because it's something you're always like reaching for, mm-hmm. right? And so, and, and that reminds me of what you're saying. You wanted to find um, a value without distinguishing it as good or bad, mm-hmm. right? But what I was thinking is, is like, you know, because I, I think this makes sense because like, you're talking about like finding this thing and you got to adjust all the time and it's always moving around. And maybe like... Um, because it's interesting that you say value, even like described it as that, you know, because um, it's like it is as if every situation presents itself to us as there's a good and a bad. I mean, maybe it's not so obvious and it's a continuum and stuff, but it's like this is better than this. That's why we choose that. Right. Or we think it is. It's also and then, subjective, too. Right. Well, I don't know about that. Um, that's an that's a really interesting thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately is about quality and value and how that actually exists in the world. I don't know if it's, like it may be subjective, but that might not be a demeaning thing to say about it. So like, like give it I'm a, not trying to be demeaning. Well, I'm saying that it doesn't mean it's any an less real than the objective world no. or something like that, or even separate from it maybe. Our reality is subjective, I mean. Okay, well, okay, maybe, maybe. Yeah, 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 and I, I would, okay, yes, maybe. <laughs> But, 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 but like, what are you saying is like there's concrete things that wouldn't be subjective, like murder. Is that kind of what you're saying? Like, no, like something to that extreme? Or give me an example of what. 
you're you're mm -hmm. saying on that. Well, what I'm saying is that's just how the world presents itself to us. It's like some things are better and worse than other things. Right. And so that's good and bad. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's another conversation to try to, act, to, to, to get to that that has some objective quality to it or quantify because it's this quality versus quantity thing mm -hmm. it's that thing it's like you know yeah so but so as an ideal it, that that's how the world presents itself to us so um and that's how we make decisions on what's good or bad right um and and that's what i've been thinking about with the positivity and negativity thing you got this other aspect too right so uh w w with making that distinction between positive and or however you were saying it positivity positive attitude I've been reading this book um, uh, about Jung, and this, he had this idea of the transformation of the God image. And one aspect of it is he thought of the Old Testament God as being different than the New Testament. Um, and what he thought was that the Old Testament, the divine figure, um, had both good and bad. Um, he bestowed grace on people, but he also like destroys Sodom and fucking like fucks with Job for no reason, <clears throat> just to like for pride or something. So, so it had good and bad. And then, you know, because it's, it's almost like a zeitgeist type of idea as well. Remember zeitgeist, the, the astro theology part. So it's, it's related to that, that the different eras are like different archetypes kind of like, uh, define an era and, and they're even defined by astrological, uh, alignments so that there was like back in the day when it was Taurus like the god was like a bull god it's like Mithras and then and then then it's like Jesus and it's a fish and that's Pisces age of Pisces so some, some kind of thing like that but so what happens is then with Christianity um, the god image gets split into two and so because Christ or I don't know how to put this I don't really get it entirely you know but there's some idea about how when we look at one side of it as all good, what do you do with the bad? That becomes Antichrist. And so that's why there's like two fish. That's what he said, two fish, like Pisces. Um, and it becomes this like good and bad thing, positive and negative thing. Um, and, you know, maybe a, a big thing that he talks about is like shadow stuff and how we never want to see the evil in ourselves, so we project it on other people, we demonize other people, we blame everything, our own problems we blame on other people. But if you were able to um, see the dark side of yourself and accept the negative, you know, not just put a positive. Because yeah. when you act all, that's, that's, that's it right there, when you act all fucking positive, you, you are putting things in that shadow, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And you're becoming like more, more and more disconnected somehow well that's like mm -hmm. what they're saying with ptsd you know mm -hmm. with a lot of these soldiers that um you know and, and marines and people who yeah well you they know, don't know how to integrate it or or you difficult think, well yeah, what they what, do you think? what one of the theories is it wasn't the environment that they found themselves in right it's that they had to do things that they thought the other person would do right mm -hmm. And so when they found themselves committing those types of actions, that's where a lot of people have PTSD because of that being able to... Is it because they did something they thought was wrong? And maybe. Then, and then maybe. Or maybe, like, you know, you get into, you know, a, a firefight and you 
shoot an innocent person in there. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you made a mistake, called in, you know, um, a, a something fire mission and something mm-hmm. bad happens. Maybe you got pissed and shot somebody. Maybe you guys had to just mm. kill a bunch of people who wouldn't surrender. You know, there's all sorts of So you of think things. it's more about PTSD is more about or less about just seeing atrocity mm-hmm. and more about like the evil things or the the bad, the little not, bit bad, the not really bad that turns inside, with, yeah. Yeah, with, with what they what did, you, with what they did, with what you could do. And that's where mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson even talks about that. I think with, you know, um, like seeing yourself as the, you know, worst person that you can be and understand that you could be like, the Nazis, mm-hmm. right? right? You could go yeah. that way. Yeah. And if you can understand that, mm-hmm. then I think you have a much better chance of yeah. navigating away coming, from it because you you've been darkness, there. You yeah. can experience it, even yeah. if you've only been there mentally. I, I was, that's interesting, that's though, mm-hmm. because of what you just said, like, God was split, right? And mm-hmm. two is the same thing right now. What you're saying is, it sounds like it's the first example of... The God that was good and bad, and then it was split. So now people just see it as black and white only, and that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Don't know. yeah, 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 yeah. And people do split like... up the world that way, and maybe that's some part of what that story says. Is just that our tendency to, like you're saying, see things as good and bad, and not seeing um, maybe the whole picture of it. I've been watching videos of um, that guy that wrote Ordinary Men, the book. Uh, you know that one? Mm-mm. It's a guy that uh, so. he he was just like a researcher, and then and then he found he like he was looking through like the Nuremberg trials and stuff, and somehow he found this group of the the one hundred and one police battalion or something like that, and they killed so many people, and they were ordinary men. Is the idea? They, they were they, like they were Nazis. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they were super. I've, I've heard of. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So they were super, um, like. He thought, you know, they were 40 years old. Mm-hmm. They didn't enlist in the army. They were like police. So they were like the least likely to be like ideologically driven. They weren't Nazis. They weren't trained from school like some kids were and then went to the army and like Nazism or whatever. They were like really, really ordinary. And then like one day uh, the general says, we're going to this town and we have to murder. Because actually half of all people in the Holocaust were killed by guns. I didn't know that. Like all the Jews, the mm-hmm. the six million or whatever, half of those people were killed just by like gun and, and digging their own grave in a forest somewhere. Right. Like crazy. I didn't know that. Um, so the first day they have to kill 1,500 people. I don't remember how many men there were. Um, and, and that was like the first day. And then um, by the end of it, he says like a small portion of them actually started to like it. And they would like... Uh, they would volunteer for like Jew hunts where like a Jewish family had ran into the woods and he's like, I'll go find them, you know, or to shoot people to be a, the firing squad. And then, so that was a small proportion. And then another small amount actually opted out. Here's the, the other big thing he, he said was he not once found evidence that showed that anyone was ever punished for saying I won't kill or I won't do this or whatever. Nobody so all these people in Nuremberg trials, every one of them said, oh, I was coerced. I didn't have a choice. If I didn't kill these, if I didn't do these things, they would have killed me. And if that wasn't the case, I didn't know that that was not the case. That's what everybody said. 
in every Nazi trial or whatever with all the regular people and at all levels, you know. Um, and and then there was like a so there, so uh, the general gave them a choice that first day. He says, um, anybody that doesn't want to do this, you don't have to, and you can go sit to the side or whatever. And that was always an option. And there was a small portion of people that did that, but then those people still did other things. Like they didn't shoot people directly, but they herded people into yeah. areas and they, you know, they did everything else. There's that yeah. idea where you could draw that and say, were they more compassionate? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And some people like might say that or, or less responsible, know, less I mean, every willing to, I know. to do that. So uh, it's... Uh, yeah, that, that's horrible. There was a, there <laughs> was a, a uh, okay, go ahead. no, go ahead. I was going to say, I, what, what brought me, what made me think of it was this video I watched where they interviewed one of these guys that had just like, I, I don't remember the setup, but he had killed a lot of people. And he's sitting there saying, when there's a bunch of women and children, or maybe there's men too, because this example was with, a, with a, a child and his dad are sitting next to each other. Which one do you kill first? And they had like figured all this stuff out. They're like, well, you obviously you killed the dad first. Because if you kill the kid first, the dad's going to fucking freak out. You know what I mean? So they had like, and, and to see this guy say that, he, he says, I don't want to think about it. You know, he's like, I don't want to get into detail. He's speaking German, so it's all mm -hmm. just like uh, subtitles. But, but man, just to see like him look into the camera and like say some of that shit is nuts. You know? There is this book called Influence, and, and it kind of talks about this phenomena, right? Mm -hmm. And they do this, um, this professor does this test and he gets, you know, whatever the test subject numbers are, right? And so what they're doing is they go in there and one of them's an actor, but the person who's coming in doesn't know that, mm -hmm. right? And so they draw to see who's going to be the, um, the, prisoner the controller the... Mm -hmm. and who's going to be the person who's answering questions, okay. right? And so, you know, on the study, everybody becomes the controller who's not the actor, right? So the actor is the person who, oh man, he's like the subject, so to speak. And so what it is, is they ask him a question and he's got a certain amount of time to respond with an answer and every incorrect answer, he gets electrocuted. And it keeps going up by like 15 or 20 you know, Watts. This is the Milgram experiment. The Milgram, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Isn't that uh -huh. interesting? And yeah. so... And then and then it was like a certain amount of people, because the reason I even know that as yeah. a word, because I always forget the name of that one, Yeah. Uh, is because this guy talks about that. Because he's all about what makes ordinary people uh, do horrible things. Exactly. And he was saying like a small proportion of, in the Milgram experiment would go like way into the red zone. And no, then no the, he said most of them is that right? went into uh -huh. it. Okay. A small... So, so this is how it went. And this is why the, the findings were so yeah. important is that so out of this control group, right, most of them went to, I think it was like in the 80%, went to the full last right. shock. That, and, and that and, person's like screaming. Yeah, the, the person, the actor in there is like screaming. <laughs> you know, he goes through these levels they make, each time. They, they train the actors to go more and more like exaggerated. You know, mm. first they're like, ah. And by the end of it, they're like, please, stop. <laughs> yeah. Damn. And so what, what the conclusion was, though, was that most people will follow orders of what they perceive to be authority, 
right? Yeah, two thirds went into the danger zone. That's what it was. Two thirds of them. Damn, you just got the facts right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, let me look through my notes real quick. But it, it's such a good experiment because then they flipped it, right? And so they they flipped the script and they had the actor. They they gave more power to the individual, right? Do you remember that part of it? No. So the the controller, so to speak, the guy who's going to push the button in shock. And so when the authority was given to them, taken away from the authority figures, even when the actor would get it wrong and they would shock and the actors would say, no, I can take more, Mm. they stopped at a certain level, overwhelmingly. Again, there was a small portion that kept going, but the majority of them stopped. And so, again, that was kind of like the, the conclusion was that most people, what they deemed to be the authority figure. And then there was yeah, even... It was all about the authority. And what they were even saying was they, they did another part to the experiment where they brought two authority figures in. Mm-hmm. And what they were observing was the person who's pushing the button to shock people was often try, at times trying to figure out who had more authority, like who was higher up out of those two because they would kind of play that good cop, bad cop, you know, kind of thing. And so what they were trying to see was the, the person pushing the, you know, buttons was like who had more power. So they would listen to the person yeah. who showed more power okay. or dominance. Right. Yeah, so, cause it was all about authority and they would also make, I thought this was interesting. They would also make them look as scientific as possible. Right. Because, because we what value science so much. Lab codes. Because yeah. we, we look at science as the authority. Right. So yeah, lab coats, a, a clipboard, <laughs> right? They had like a few like paraphernalia things. Mm-hmm. And that made them trust them. They're like, oh, this is for science. That's what they were told. Like this person's going to be get in pain. They'll be okay, but it's for science or whatever. So that was an aspect of it, right. which was interesting. Well, that's why they said mm-hmm. that in Nazi science. Germany, mm-hmm. they started, this is... Again, I don't. I, I would have to back this up. I've mm. seen it a couple areas. I'm not an expert in this, but one of the big pushes was with the doctors and the medical right. you know, right, right, side right. because, again, you have a lot of trust and you have mm. a lot of faith and you have, you know, look at how we rever doctors right now through this mm-hmm. crazy stuff that's mm-hmm. going on. You don't yeah. question your doctors and right. the doctors are doctors all... doctors are supposedly exactly. the... Exactly. That's what's they represent compassion for people. Well, they're the priests. I mean, not to be like derogatory about it, but that's who we go to, or that's who everybody's going to. Yeah. What's the consensus? Oh, what are I the have scientists this say? issue. Uh-huh, yeah. And it was weird, you know, actually, this Here's book. Some pills. the Pope. <laughs> exactly. But this book, The Art of Happiness, this Dalai Lama book, it, I, when I was rereading it, I was like really disliking it. But this is the reason why I liked it back in the day. Is because it's written by this like scientist guy, and so it's a scientist that goes and hangs out with the Dalai Lama, and they have like a bunch of discussions, and he backs up every idea that the Dalai Lama has with some study. Oh, when people went and volunteered every day for three years, they had a, a sense of happiness, or, or you know what I mean, and and so when I was rereading it, it was interesting because I was putting much more authority in just what the Dalai Lama said. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, that's where the wisdom's at. But back in the day, I was like, oh, science agrees. Like I was like <laughs> wanting to like convince myself that like- Science agrees. <laughs> right, you know? Like, it must be real. With yeah, the right. spiritual. Right, yeah, people always want to like quote, it's funny how we want to quote studies nowadays sometimes when 
there's like really no point. The study doesn't mean that much. You already know the thing. Well, because you study look at says, who's you, you know? look at who's funding those studies too. I mean, yeah. right? And the, I mean, and for the studies to be done, but then someone's there's so funding many them. studies right. and also not yeah. enough of each. Like you can yeah. probably find a study right. to steal, yeah, yeah, to support whichever. Right. And then if you heard about like the replication crisis or whatever, some huge percentage of studies are unreplicable. Right, and that's supposed to be. Isn't the def- that a problem, though? Yeah, it's a huge problem. <laughs> isn't that the whole point of? There's a, some people a, that say yeah. that science is like crumbling because of stuff like that. They're, like, well, they're saying that about mm. fucking who we were talking about earlier. That <laughs> he was the one who is literally mm. destroying science in right. the country because you can't question it, and science is supposed to be questioned. You can't right. well, he peer is science, review it, so. right? Yeah. So I represent science. Now I mean, all those experiments I did in chemistry and biology, like we followed a specific system for each one, and you could replicate it. And yeah, yeah. doing it in class was a yeah. demonstration of that. Everybody was able to replicate that specific yeah. experiment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that is something that going now. on. Like I've been reading this other book that I read recently, another young book. A large portion of it is about um, like uh, mass mindedness. He calls it about people being vulnerable to like communism and Nazism, same kind of stuff. And one part of it was scientific rationalism. He called it because we look at everything as like numbers, and then once things are numbers, then people aren't people anymore. They're just numbers. Right, um, and, and that's some aspect of what's going on right now, and, and with like science in general, is it's like um, it like dehumanizes us almost to like when we just think of ourselves as a collective and not an individual. Um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting things like if you if you measure like a bunch of rocks, like a pile of rocks, it could it could average out to like five pounds of rock. But not one rock in that pile is actually five pounds. You know what I mean? So a lot of it's like that kind of thinking is great. Like you obviously like technology and everything comes from that. But at the same time, you're like missing reality by only thinking of everything as like these large abstract numbers and then like trying to come up with some some objective view. There's no room for nuance. Blanket. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the point. Because Everything is an individual. Every event is an individual, specific event. And, and so Jung says, like, an aspect of reality because of this is actually, it's irregularity. It's like, it is irregular. Science tries to regu- make everything evened out. You know, it tries to even out everything into proportions and ratios and, right, but... So, I don't know. I, I, you know, it, what's hard for me is, like, I, I love science. I, I came from... You know, I, I read a ton of Carl Sagan books. I was all about that. And then nowadays I've started to see the, the over, the over you, the, I don't know what it is. It's like, a, it's like we overdid it. Like I personally don't think science and religion are at odds. I don't think that's the case. But it's like gone or spirit. I think spirituality. science became religion. It's exactly what happened. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Which is so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, it kind of describes why it's also so contradictory at the same time because you have all these people saying well you got to believe in the science but then they also Mm -hmm. say well science can't dictate whether i'm female or male or Mm. you know right Uh i've never made that well so that's what okay so i see contradiction in here too this is interesting 
because uh, I think wokeism, one half is that. <laughs> it's, you know, I'm a demisexual, uh, binary, non-binary, uh, you know, uh, I'm using all of these terms right? to identify so me particular. I'm, But I'm so particular, too. I'm so, uh, you know. I cannot be referenced. But then the other part of wokeness, <laughs> but then Sorry. the other part of wokeness is everything is about numbers. Yeah. It's like black people make this much less than white mm. people. You know, all women, you know, how many women are proportionally CEOs? It's all about looking at the the averages of these huge amounts of numbers and being like, oh, the numbers aren't. But if you look, like if you compared Italian-Americans to Mexican-Americans, there would be, a, 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 what's the word, a disparity. And, and what are we going to say, it's racism or whatever? You know what I mean? So you could find a disparity by comparing any two groups. You know what I mean? So, but the, so something about that mindset is, is, but then it's contradictory because they, they look in those big abstract numbers, but then they're like all about, I'm a particular, da, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I do think, I, I, I'm beginning to think that the scientific rationalist overemphasis on that type of thinking is a part of wokeism. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a part of why, and, and the imbalance of it, but being a religion. You know that that uh, wokeism came from, or like was first birthed as a as a you know, being uh, in in a new a atheism plus. Have you heard of that? Like, mm. remember like there was like new atheism. Was that what it was called? There's atheism. Athe Ism plus. Yeah, or new atheism plus. I'm forgetting it now. I'm having a star moment. But it's what um, it's like Pepsi plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the four horsemen of atheism or whatever, the new atheism, I think that's what it called what it's called. Was Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins and uh, the English guy that was super smart that drank whiskey while he was talking all the time. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> what's his name? Anyway, um, and then what happened is, is it was like a huge community. So um, back then there was like giant uh, message boards and uh, of like atheism groups online chat, you know, things, you know. And then all of a sudden it became atheism plus social justice. That's what atheism plus was. So why would they group that? together like well are because they, they would have these religion right exactly that's what's interesting so they would have these these like it, it like became anti-religion right well they did become anti-religion and they were and it was like gaining steam i was listening to sam harris and some of these people um i almost had the other guy's name they're they're really interesting and fucking brilliant people and i was way into it i was into it you know and so was a lot of people i guess at the time and they, i saw some guy he showed uh like internet searches and atheism was like a huge search in like 2003 or something like that, Some, sometime around then. And then it became, you know, they, so they would have these conferences. And then all of a sudden it was like, can we also speak, since, you know, we're talking bad about religion, can we also, you know, talk about the problems with like racial justice, you know what I mean? And so that started to get in there. And then it got taken over. Atheism, it became Atheism Plus, and then those conferences and those websites, there was all these atheist websites, what are the chances they became social justice websites. The people at Google are, are, are they, they got, they got to be into that shit, because it's, sure. been, it's been 20 years sure. that they've been manipulating web searches. And, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's interesting. Um, there's definitely a relationship. So I don't know, there's something, of the, a relationship with the woke explosion with atheism with scientific rationalism if we want to put a word on it it's not just science but my like, question is how did marxism infiltrate all this stuff well, that's like the wokeism part that's i would, no. I would include that i think wokeism is like 
some philosophy plus that is a philosophy you, you its lens is oppressor oppressed that's like the marxist lens mm -hmm. so it, you, that, that's got a broad way to look at it so anytime anybody's you know looking at the world that way it's like you know, that, that comes from that philosophy right something like that yeah and it's yeah. an idealism like yeah that really turns sour when it comes to like you know actualizing and right. becoming real you know because i don't think anybody who believes in marxism is looking at like stalin era you know russia you know as yeah. the as example a, right. the shining <laughs> like they're like that's what we right. want it to be like yeah. but right. that's just the rea reality of what it turns into right. you know it's having that that's that positivity versus a positive attitude kind of thing right i mean we can pretend, but it's not going to happen, right? Look at what the look at what Black Lives Matters just did. They spent a shitload of money on buying that mansion, right? The fucking that Marxist, you know, is a big kind of like iconic, you know. You're talking about one of the ladies, one of the, uh, one of the ladies, ladies yeah. Yeah. that that yeah. was buying a bunch of houses. That whole the, thing, the yeah. big house. Well, there's yeah. the, that too. Oh, I didn't hear about this. No, this is mansion. this is recent. This. Yeah. Okay, I didn't hear about but, this. But like scammed a shit ton of money from the organization that was. Okay, all, someone all scammed money and then bought a big mansion with yeah. it. Okay. So you see what I'm saying? It's like then at the Black Lives Matter level where they're trying to get equality for everybody or whatever their you know mission is you know bring awareness to that well that's not very you know that's not very equal there's going to be someone at the top or a few at the top right and then everybody else right, right. and that's just the way it's, it's going to work it's like exactly it's like they have a problem with hierarchy they're like, oh, hierarchy's wrong. No, nobody should be above anybody. But that's just like how the it's back that's to the That's how families thing. are also not the same as they used to be. Like, mm. well, because if there's no hierarchy, then mm -hmm. kids right. feel like they can could tell run the show. Totally, yeah, that's exactly show, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, and then but it gets there's all no... fucked up, and then it's fucked up. But so then, can you say that there's no such thing as good or bad in the objective world? So, so here's that point, like. If you saw a bunch of houses with that kid running the show, can't we all just pretty much say that most... There's going to be a bell curve where most of us see most of those things as bad. People on the other side are subjectively seeing it as good, right? I don't think so. So this is... Not to derail the conversation back to that, but... Um, you know what I mean? Like, so uh, what about, like, a, a waterfall, right? Like, the beauty of a waterfall or the beauty of maybe some valley here in Colorado, like your favorite place in the mountains or whatever... Like, anybody that goes there says it's beautiful, um, most people. So there's at least a bell curve, right? There's at least... Drowns in it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, don't be a fucking... <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. That's uh, a positive attitude. <laughs> but that's a way to say that... I was trying that, to still make the argument. That, that's a way to say that... I don't know, there's a, I've, been, I've been into those ideas lately, just trying to think about what that means, because I can't... Yeah, but that person... Yeah, but... That may be positive I agree. I mean, I think that's where when we were talking about, or when I said murder, it's kind of like that same thing. You you kind of agree societally. Every society agrees that murder is bad, but right, there you then go. Right. they don't. Well, but well, war, then it's killing, like, right? Yeah, self defense. But, I mean, there's times when. Right. But soldiers don't talk about murder counts, mm. right? Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. it's death counts or how many people they killed, mm. those things. But you, you know what I'm saying? There's a different spin on it. But to the mm. person's family who got killed, they got fucking murdered, right? right? Especially right. if it was on their soil and their country. So, yeah. But to the... Mm-hmm. Other person who's doing it for whatever cause they believe they right. killed because well, so, so that's murder the, that's is the thing is like there's, dirty. There's some there's some individual lens you can put on everything. Sure. You can put narratives on stuff. We could call it murder. We could euphemize things. Oh, it's or murder take here. Take the it's, value it's, out and just use science and numbers. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. That's true too, and that is what it's doing. But at the same time, like I heard someone say, it's it's true that beauty's in the eye of the beholder. But it's also true that we all pretty much agree mm-hmm. on a lot of things that are beautiful, right? We, you know, so there is some and a lot of things that are yeah, bad and right, yeah. And, and that is again a hierarchy, right? Like that that makes you know in the same way that we have to decide good or bad in each situation. We think some things are better, some things matter more than others, some things are more meaningful, less meaningful. Those are all values. We, you know, you can look at it that way that we're like going left to right depending on, but it's also putting things above other things. And that's how we like make the ideals that we like go towards. Like you were saying, like, you know, to, you're reaching, you're, you never stop the journey or whatever. So you got to put things above other things in a right way. There's a right way. And we all, we can somehow distinguish through each other this collective, you know, understanding of what is good. Like, it's not good to have your kid run the house, right? So that kid needs to be put in its right place and, and, and everything in its right place. Right. Yeah, okay, go for it. <laughs> I, I could argue that one because I... Easily argue he's it. like, yeah. I ran the house. <laughs> no, <laughs> not me, but growing up in Pueblo and, and being around people whose parents were addicted to things like crack and heroin. And, there's always exceptions. And see, yeah, there's, that's, that's fine. That's 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 a, the yeah. exceptions are fine. Yeah. And in those yeah, cases, yeah. the kid rose up and became the parent well, and, and they did a great job. Right yeah. And then that was the right place. But most people won't elevate to that. They won't answer that calling, right? I mean, and, and so that's where will present itself. And like, I didn't do heroin, put, so Phoenix can <laughs> still shovel right. the goddamn snow. Right? <laughs> but when we go back to compliance, right, most people won't rise to the occasion. Some will. You, you know, have you guys ever tested yourselves? Have you, you know, you know for me, I feel like I wouldn't be a Nazi collaborator or go along with it. I feel like, did you guys see that picture of, you know, when everybody's doing the... And the, the one guy that's yeah. and the yeah. one guy who's down. Yeah. I, I feel I would be that one guy, and I've, I feel I've proven it to myself in, in several occasions in the military and, you know, faraway countries um, where I had the power to make another decision, and it would have been justified or whatever, but didn't make that decision based on choice, not like mm-hmm. fear or, or yeah. things of, of that nature that you, or you, even you of over empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, this just isn't, you know what I'm saying? What I, what I would do in you that do situation. You do have some like examples. Like, I don't know if I have any good enough examples in my life to know. And then especially after watching this guy, the ordinary man guy, yeah. it's like nobody, nobody does right. it. Like it's, you know, Schindler was like, nobody did that shit. You know, yeah, nobody. It's so, yeah, it's tough, and it gets you know tougher. You know, there's a there's a an order, right? There's like okay, here here's what I guess I'm saying is 
with what's going on right now, what we could look over the past two years. I think the majority of people fucking folded too early, like early, early on. And we're two years into this, and so many people have lost their um, endurance for it. So people, you know, and I think this is what you look at as the strategic plan, is that they've been wearing people down. How many people all the time are just giving in? There's more people standing up, but there's a lot of people that are still getting broken down. I'm, you know, like, I've known several people who, when this started out, were like, I'm never going to get this. No one's going to force me to do this. And then all of a sudden, there's a little turn of that screw in their fucking signing up. And then the little turn of the screw, and then the next group is signing up. And so when we look at that compliance test, right? Mm. You look at that in that Milgram test and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it, it's, it shows to, again, this is what I think the solution is because at least where I'm at right now, I'm pretty comfortable, you know, where I've even been interrogated and, you know, those threats weren't mm-hmm. in a situation that, you know, would allow me to, um, go to that level of extreme. So I feel pretty comfortable in saying that there is a solution to those, to that feeling, and that's to toughen up, right? I think through jujitsu is a fantastic way. And this is where, again, I put this above any other thing that people can do because you get to fight, you get to challenge yourself, you get to go through these character building mechanisms that will make you a better artist or a better guitarist or whatever. And I know those can have some trade where we could say being, you know, like an artist, um, a singer, let's say, could make you a better martial artist because you're understanding things on, on, you know, not such a, a straight, narrow line. You're understanding it in that kind of artistic place. But the, the primal of learning how to fight and learning how to just be aggressive and be in that mode gives you that endurance though to sustain more things and that's where i think again when we look at all of this coming back around this is where i go back to having a good attitude is that man when you're in sucky situations and you know it sucks and you look over at your buddy and they're fucking sucking wind too you can just smile about it and be like all right this is fucking it sucks you're not like it's not like positive in the regards like oh i want to be crawling through human fucking shit right but it when it happened you're looking at your buddy and you're like yeah this sucks right (laughs) what are you gonna do right and so you you the positive attitude is fucking something that you can always use as that like you said tool to guide you through all of these things that we know suck so it, it sucks wearing masks, right? I don't fucking wear a mask and I love it when I go into a place and I see somebody not wearing a mask and you just give them a the little fucking nod, right? I mean, it's a shitty situation. So you find what that area is that's not fake positivity. There's nothing fake about that when I see that person without a mask on because I know, oh, that's somebody who didn't fold so quickly and... They're kind of up in that next kind of echelon. And so there's a positive approach to a negative situation because 
you practice, you get tougher, you go through that, you know, level of suffering that jujitsu and martial arts and getting hit and hitting and choking and grabbing and throwing and smashing, all of those things that you typically don't get in other areas. And then with jujitsu, I mean, it's something that you can really do over and over again. You know, football players probably get some of that, but how many hits can you take before you're like, fuck, I'm wrecked, you know? Uh, maybe that's a good place to end right there, huh? What do you think? Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like physical challenges have definitely helped my other challenges in other areas. Or deal with them, at least. Yeah. All right. Yeah. One thing that I'm going to finish with, and this is an Einstein quote. Weakness of attitude becomes weakness of character. Mm. Yeah. Weakness of attitude becomes weakness of character. Of character. I dig it. Yeah. All right. So where are we following us? <laughs> Don't forget to follow and subscribe on Ascent 420. Um, Ascent 420 Colorado. We're on YouTube, Instagram, even Facebook. Um, yeah, give us a follow. Support us. Share videos or podcasts. We would uh, appreciate that a lot. Right. Until right. next time.